Welcome to Wilderness Outreach, Wilderness Outreach Mancast. My name is John. I'm here with my brothers in Christ, Peter and James. Wilderness Outreach Mancast is your weekly adventure into the wilds of masculine spirituality, where we will be hunting for the meaning of manhood, tracking down the intersection of faith and science, uncovering true leadership, and searching for the deep meaning of the history of God's created universe. So strap on your hiking boots, grab your backpack and your compass and map, and let's get rolling. All right. Happy feast feast day of the Archangels, gentlemen. Yeah. A great day, isn't it? You as well. Yeah. Anybody have a favorite of those three or any others? St. Michael, duh. Yeah, he's like, he's the best known, right? Right, right. And you have that uh, awesome banner that we take on the expeditions of St. Michael. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's. I took it again on this past expedition and and out to the uh, Sierra Nevada on the John Muir Trail, and it's you can barely make it out now. So that had been 15 years ago that we started (laughs) packing that out. You know, so it's gotten it's gotten kind of worn and torn, but yeah. A great feast day. So yeah, yeah. It's Michael's my it's my middle name, so I take Michael. But I also have a special affinity to for uh, Saint Raphael or Raphael, however people like to say it. But that mm-hmm. was uh, that was Dad's middle name was mm-hmm. James R. James mm-hmm. Raphael. So right. I have yeah, a love yeah. for that name as well. And Gabriel. we're going to go ahead and yeah. Let me go ahead and start with a prayer. I'm just taking this straight out of the Magnificat. The collect for today for the uh, readings of the mass so i thought it was a good good prayer so we'll start in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen oh god who dispose in marvelous order ministries both angelic and human graciously grant that our life on earth may be defended by those who watch over us as they minister perpetually to you in heaven through our lord jesus christ your son who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the holy spirit God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Habit number five. Right. We're on habit number five, and that is seek first to understand, then to be understood. So this is going to be a good, good podcast. We're all pumped up about this one. And, uh, you know, we're looking at Covey's book. He's talking about, uh, first thing he really talks about is, Listening with empathy, right? And listening with empathy. So I got a little test for you guys first. I want you to take your finger and draw an E, the letter E, capital letter E, on your forehead. So that you can read it or so that I can read it? Ah, good question. Good question. Right. So if you do it so other people can read it, that might show that you have a little bit more empathy than, than somebody else. You know, so however you put that E on your, on your forehead, it's just a, a fun little experiment, but listening with empathy, empathetic listening is, is part of this, this habit. And what do we mean by that? That ability to listen. I looked up empathy and it says the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Oh, that was a really good, good Mm -hmm. definition and so if we're listening with that in mind and trying to really hear and understand what somebody else is saying that's a it's an important part of this this habit and i think whenever we're talking it's more than more than just words whenever i teach the kids that's things i tell them to look for is 
or, or listen for the words themselves, listen to how they're said and, and also take into account the body language that's going with it. Cause that's how we, how we communicate. So when we're listening with empathy, it's more than just hearing the words. Um, have any thoughts on that, John, you want to add to that? Yeah. You know, in the Covey talks about that, this, inf- Im- I want to say it empathetic. right. Empathetic. Empathetic. Yeah. Covey says came empathic. out the wrong way, right? Yeah. But he says that in, in the communication of all human beings, 10% of it is speech, only 10%. So if you say a hundred percent of my speaking or me listening to you is only being transferred with our speech. 30% are like the sounds. So like, right. Oh, mm, you know, a groan or, (laughs) you know, you know, a sudden breath of air or something. I mean, there's 30% being uh, transmitted through just making sounds, not even, not actually speaking. And then unbelievably 60% body language. So kind of to your point, Jim, about talking to your, your sons and daughters about watching someone when they're, when they're speaking tells you a lot, you know, how a person looks at you with their eyes, you know, how their, their posture is, how they're sitting there, how they're using their hands. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I see Michael Pavey's with us again, so he'll probably appreciate this, but uh, he's probably way deeper in this. But I remember reading once that uh, uh, that when uh, when a, a policeman or or uh, uh, authorities apprehend someone, they'll kind of watch the way they're using their body language. Right. And so there's different things that can go on there. Like uh, it it was once said that when you ask somebody a question, like, well, where were you last night at 6 p.m., right? If somebody starts looking up to the right, it's like they're accessing accessing their creative part of their brain. So they're actually going to make up a story for you now, right? Whereas... The, t- the typical thing is to, if you're trying to go back to your memory, you're going to look down to the left. So that's, you're going to access memory. Of course, now somebody who's smart enough to understand that, a good criminal, you might say, a successful criminal is going to know how to use their body language and, and kind of talk. But that's sort of a, a, side, a side note to that. But uh, yeah, I think this emphatic listening, empathetic listening, makes deposits in other people's emotional bank accounts, which is really important, especially when we're dealing with other human beings, right? And I'm just kind of thinking about that. We've we've talked a lot about this. We keep touching base on it, but our goal as men is to be self-aware and then rise to a state of self-possession so that we can become self-gift for the other, right? So our, the ultimate goal of manhood is to help bring others to where they're taking that journey of fulfillment in God's universe in their life, right? So that's kind of like, that's the job that God gave us to do. So in order to do that, this, this quality of seeking first to understand so important, right? Because we can really try to understand what's this, what's this person thinking about? How are they feeling? What's, you know, what, how did they get to where they are right now? And it's, it's really important to, 
to try to act to train ourselves to be able to do that, which is, I found one of the most difficult things I've ever done and I'm still not very good at it. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy. Say the least. I have a really hard time. Even when I'm present to that, just, you know what I mean? Doing a good job of it. I think I was, I was talking to my kids about that actually on the way home from a uh, soccer practice today they were both saying at the same time repetitively it drove me insane. They were both saying I was talking first mm. over and over <laughs> and over. <laughs> I was like, dude, I let it go for a minute. I was like, who's going to win this? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like five and six, like, is there going to be a fight? But <laughs> so I told him, I said, you know, guys, the, the most important thing is that the other person knows that, you love them, you know? And I think that that's like pretty much the root of this. It's funny that that came up today, but um, when we stop focusing on, you know, trying to understand, I think for me and trying to show like, Hey, I love you. You know what I mean? Even when you don't like actually like the person, it's like, okay, help me love this person right now. Jesus. That's when this really comes through for me. Yeah, your uh, your story about your kids made me think of, you know, one of my own when when my boys were, I mean, they still do it today, but this one sticks out, especially I'd, I'd written about it before. But um, I just remember, and as a, as you probably well know, you can get pretty frustrated with uh, <laughs> with kids Dude. and their behavior. And uh, <laughs> and I remember that the, the two oldest came just kind of screaming down the hallway at each other. You couldn't make out what was wrong, what happened, why they were so upset. There's no reason for this. Then you've got a third one who's crying and screaming on your leg. And so I'm just like the oldest one, go sit on the bench. The other one, go sit in this corner. You know, I wasn't even about to seek to understand, right? I, you're going to understand me right now. And then we're going to sort it out. Well, I sorted it out later and end up that, the older one had walked into the room when the younger one had picked up uh, a Nerf gun off of the floor to put it on the older one's bed. And without asking what he was doing, trying to understand what the situation was, he just went after him. Like, why are you touching my gun? Why are you doing this? You can't touch it. You have no right to, you know, and it just blew up. And to me, that's kind of that, the negative aspect of, you know, not seeking to understand mm. if he would have just said, you know, what are you doing with my gun? And so oh, I was just picking it up because uh, I need to vacuum or whatever. He could have avoided that situation, which spilled over into, into dad getting involved and screaming and yelling and using, losing my cool. And uh, yeah. So, yeah, we can all kind of ad admit and like, gosh, if I look at all these habits, the seven habits, I think this one would be a combination of the most, difficult to achieve and practice true practice and also the most of the most valuable in terms of helping other people right and, mm. and, and understanding what's really going on and but why is that you know what why is what is it we're locked in what is it we're we're kind of locked inside of a mental map or something or a perspective that that we can't, we don't seem to be able to do it very well. And we have to like train ourselves to seek first to understand. So what, it, what's that? What is that that we're locked in that, that we have such a hard time getting out of and why? 
Yeah, I mean that that's a that's an excellent question. Why did why did why is that our natural response? I guess is you mm-hmm. know what's why is that our natural go to is to everything's our point of view, right? We're we're seeing the entire world through through our I get what's he called it the autobiographical story or you know and he also says that we tend to prescribe before we diagnose. Mm. Right? It gives a great analogy of you know, a doctor who just comes in and it's interesting because, you know, I'm in some classes that are health care related and I was listening to some case studies and the doctor was talking about how it's a real danger for doctors who are constantly seeing patients all the time, every day to, to walk into a room and say, okay, well, you've got this issue, this issue. It's probably this because, you know, three other people came in with the same thing and there's a danger to that with, you know, diagnosing with the wrong, wrong thing and prescribing the wrong thing. And I think we tend to do that as well. Just like, you know, listen to somebody, you, you, everything's looked at from my perspective. You tell me a story and I'm automatically racing through my brain, looking for stories that kind of match with yours that I can kind of compare or even be better than like, Oh yeah, you, you climbed this mountain. Well, I did this mountain. That's a good story, John, (laughs) but I, I did this and I did it faster and I did it without, you know, shoes and i had weights on my back and stuff but i think we just tend to do that and like you said we got to retrain ourselves to really listen yeah yeah and there's 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 been it's kind of like there's an attempt so it's it so when i look at the doing that myself it's like some so somebody comes to me and starts talking to me right so i'm i'm like focused in what john's doing right because what john's doing has got to be the most important thing in the entire universe in the history of time or John wouldn't be going there. Right. So therefore, <laughs> right. You know, and then here comes this person out from here and they're like, Hey John, I want your attention. And I'm kind of like, okay, now I know I'm supposed to be present to this human being. Right. Cause that's somewhere I I'm trying to convince myself that that's the right thing to do. And it is the right thing. But uh, so, so they, they've, People have come up and everybody who deals with this, they've kind of come up with almost, you might say, a science of active listening, right? So it's kind of like, how about if I, or reflective listening. So it's like, I'm going to kind of pretend that I'm listening to you and I'm immediately in my brain, I'm calculating, okay, Jim, Jim or Peter just told me this problem they have. And it's like, and just like you said, okay, I'm, cal- oh yeah, I did something like, okay, here's the solution, man. This is what you want to do. So I might, I might ask a couple, well, uh, you know, how big was it? How long did that last? And what was going on with that? Okay. Yeah, I got it now. That's okay. Here's the way that works. Right. So here, here's my, here's, here's a solution to you. Right. So that all of that, like it's kind of manipulative. So I'm going to pretend that I'm listening to you ask a few questions that try to try to pinpoint in my mind what my solution is right without actually listening and then um but that's i they i think they call that active listening and reflective listening right but it's not really listening it's like it's it's kind of like trying to make somebody feel like they're being listened to and then here's the solution to your problem so you can leave me alone now so I can continue to do what I was doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to the point that you might even like mimic back some of the words that they said and, you know, just to show that, or, 
you know, just kind of to, to go along with it, but you're not actively, you know, trying to get into their skin. Like, you know, like Michael had commented on there, you know, to, to climb into their skin and walk around and really understand mm -hmm. how they're seeing things, you know, and you, you saying that about how, you know, you're, you're like the center of the focus. I, I don't know who it was, was, it was probably my mom who said, you know, if you think you're the center of the, the world of the universe, you better, probably better stop spinning around you know, like <laughs> this idea that <laughs> like the world revolves around you. That's because you're just spinning in circles. You're not really doing, doing anything. So that's a great I mom thought. line there. I like that. Right. <laughs> I can say so we could put that in quotes in the say, if you, th if you think you're the center of the universe, then stop spinning around quote right. unquote mom that'd be a good one for all of us to have on our wall right yeah and it made me think too of you know and i think it's i want to say it's a male tendency for sure but i know for myself like sometimes nicole will want to come and, and talk about mm. something and i'm listening and i'm like okay i've got the answer i know what you need to do i know the solution for this and you start spouting off and it's like that's not what I wanted. I just wanted you to listen. I don't, <laughs> I didn't come here for an answer. I came just to have somebody to talk to and, you know, get it off my chest, whatever that is, but to I be understood, be like, right. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to solve this problem when there's no problem there. It's just, it's just a conversation. Well, you've kind of put your finger on a hot button issue there between men and women. I think it's kind of funny, right? Cause it, it is true that, I think in general that, uh, yeah, the male brain, you know, it's the way it's structured, but like, and, and this is true with Laura. I think it's, it's true with all the women in our lives. The first thing they really want to do is discuss, tell you something that happened and just have you listen. Right. And even if there's a right. problem involved in that, it's like, just shut up and listen, man. Right? right. So it's there's this really funny video, which um, if there's any ladies listening to us, oh, right yeah. now, <laughs> I know all the guys have probably seen it, but if you've just YouTube yes. this, uh, it's not about the nail, right? It's not about the nail. Right. But it's a Maybe funny, put a link up for that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, for sure, you know, being married and, and, and uh, is, you've got, you really have to start learning as a man, how to listen and, and do it well. Right. And do it in the right way. And it's, and I, I think it's a, it's a real blessing to be married and to look back in my life and realize I've gotten better at it. Right. So that's a, it's kind of like I pat myself on the back there a little bit. Right. Yeah. Don't pull a muscle there, buddy. Yeah, I know. Like, I think I just bruised it, you know? <laughs> now, I find that a lot, though, even not being married, that, like, in a lot of relationships, whether it's um, with women or men, like, a lot of the time, people are just seeking to be understood. Like, I have a good buddy that's going through a lot of stuff right now, and he's uh, out of rehab for, like, the, I don't know, whatever time his father passed away. They didn't have a good relationship, and you know, he's got girl problems and this and that. And he's, he's obviously not rocking with Jesus a hundred percent yet. So he's a little lost and worldly still, 
but he's telling me all these problems. I'm like, dude, kick her out and do this and this and this. <laughs> and, and you know what I mean? I'm like, it's pretty obvious what you need to do. And it's funny because he's he's a guy too. So he's like, he knows those things. Like he's like logically thinking about it like I am too. But it's like, like, dude, I just want you to, you know, I need somebody to lean on right now. I need somebody mm. to understand where I'm at. I totally missed it on that mm. until he had to say that. He was like, dude, he's like, you just need to be there for me. Like, you're just, yeah. you just need to kind of shut up. And yeah. people need to be like that with me, which might be why I'm a single dad. But, you know, <laughs> so. Well, it's a good thing about guys is that we can say that to each other. Dude, I just need you to listen to me right now. Don't yeah. be giving me, you know, I just need to get this off my chest. So please shut up and listen, right? Yeah. We can, we can do that to one another without being offended. Yeah. You know, Covey goes on to say that next to physical survival, psychological survival is, is the most important. It can only be accomplished through understanding. Understood, affirmed, validated and appreciated i mean that's just like psychological nurturing and sustenance isn't it i mean you think about that when when you felt that way understood affirmed validated and appreciated just saying those words and kind of thinking about it feels good right mm -hmm. if you if you imagine yourself being in that situation it feels good to to say yeah i've, I've experienced that and that's what people need and that's why, you know, again, why that's so important to, uh, uh, to, to really practice this habit and get it ingrained in a, in a true and good way, you know, in, a, in our practices with, in our relationships and with, uh, in our day-to-day -day life. Yeah, absolutely. What, what, what do you, what do you suggest for people to, to practice I mean, how do you, how do you become a better listener, a better person who can give advice because you are a good listener? Yeah, it's, well, it's kind of like working out, you know, it's, it's kind mm -hmm. of interesting. Uh, there was a guy that, uh, who was a, a workout guru, right? And I remember talking to him once and one of his mon uh, mantras was, it's not called play out, it's called workout. <laughs> so it's difficult it's supposed to be yeah, difficult so the first thing i would say is that approach this with a with a with the idea okay i'm about about ready to move into a, a new way of communicating with a human being that's not natural because we're all naturally graphical and then so I've got to train my brain and my, my emotions and my thinking about how to slow it down and, to, and then to enter into true dialogue with another human being. So I think that's the key. Like if, if you're married, you would go to your wife and say, I want to practice this technique of I want to be a better listener. I want to seek first to understand like what you're thinking about. So I want to practice this. Right. So it could be something with your, with your uh, wife or your husband where you're, you're just, you're practicing it. Like, tell me what you did today. And I'm going to take five minutes and be completely listening. Right. Without trying to solve a problem or whatever, but just try, to try to work to build those muscles. I think that would be, and then, and then like with Peter, you, you have your, 
your immediate family, your mom, your dad, your sister, you know, and, and, uh, you know, even in that situation, you could be, let me practice this. Right. And, yeah. I think that, uh, just asking the Holy spirit and every situation when you're commuting, communicating with someone, like I was saying earlier, is just asking how you can love that person. Cause it always starts with this. It doesn't start with any kind of advising or anything like that. And I always fall into, look at you, dude, this is what you need. And your life would be way better. <laughs> it's like, it's like, no, man, just, uh, just be there and show, show your, uh, your love to them. Right. And then Mike Pavey just commented, just be curious. Just, you have to be curious. He's totally right. Just, and that's, I think that's a good way to the Holy spirit directs me to do that. It's just like, Hey, how, like you were saying, John, like, Hey, how was your day? You know what I mean? And it can be something that you say like, Hey, I want to practice this, you know, and you're very direct about it, but just all the time being like, Hey, how are you? What have, what have you done today? You know, with anyone you talk to really, it doesn't have to be a significant other or anything else. But, um, back, it kind of brings me back to something you asked Jim earlier was about what causes us to get locked in this state of not wanting to do that. And, um, I think it's a fear of be, being vulnerable and uh, putting ourselves out there in a way of like, if I give you this part of me, it gives you the capacity mm. to do, you know what I mean? Put it, it's really a vulnerable place to be when you start to listen to someone like this. And then there's a mentality of like, well, I'd rather just not get, you know, screwed over. So forget mm. about it you know and then we go about our merry ways of i, I know exactly what you need dude <laughs> you know i right. fall into it constantly <laughs> especially yeah, as like a father like with my kids it's like i fail to even like like jim was saying like they'll be fighting and stuff and i'll be like well why don't you guys just shut up and stop how about we do that <laughs> instead of like right. who hit who you know <laughs> and trying to figure right. it out and <laughs> let them know that they're loved by their dad it's just yeah. like so yeah. that's, that's interesting. It's, it's a fear of, cause I, I can feel that, right. There's a, there's a fear factor in there that if I actually, in other words, to enter into this process, there is a feeling of, well, first of all, there's, it's going to be work cause it's not natural and I got to develop it. But then, you know, if I start going into true listening with another human being, there's a good chance that I might change my mind about something. Right. Yeah. And there's a set there's some sort small sense of fear about that. I don't want to, or, or that, you know, it's, it's, there's a sense of fear about that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to be, I'm so if I do this right, I'm going to be vulnerable to changing myself. To yeah, understand if you're dedicated. Something. Yeah. If you're dedicated to the truth and yeah. actually finding it, then you right. have to. Right. Right. And it's kind of interesting. So uh, as truth as a concept, as this out there concept is sort of easy. It's it sound it's safe. And it's like, I'm going to approach the truth and figure it out. But when for some reason, when it has to do with, well, the truth is going to come to you through the logos or the, the speaking of words through another human being, right? And it might be a human being that you're not sure about, right? But it's like, yeah, so it's like, I gotta, I gotta learn how to be vulnerable and be strong in that vulnerability somehow. 
to do this well. Yeah, yeah and that goes right to what uh, Covey talks about that, you know, it takes, as he say, it takes consideration to mm. listen and it takes courage mm. to be understood and, you know, to share. And that's exactly what you guys are talking about. It takes consideration to really mm. sit and think about what the person's saying and try to understand it through their, through their point of view. But it also takes courage to put yourself out there and say, okay, well, this is my belief. This is my feeling. This is my thoughts what do you think i'm giving you the opportunity to to reject me to to tell me it's stupid to to do whatever i mean that's definitely being vulnerable with another person and that takes a lot of practice as well you know that's that's just uh it's an amazing thing that this this habit talks about is you know having the courage to share and like peter kind of alluded to when he was talking about that was sometimes it's easier just to sit back and just yeah i'm not i'm not messing with this i'm not gonna share this because one i don't want to be ridiculed or two i just don't want to mess with it you know i don't want to rock the boat or whatever it might be there's a lot of a lot of reasons to to avoid it but it does take courage to to try to make our point understood or and try to get involved in this situation hmm. yeah another thing Cody talks about in this chapter that's really interesting is um, it's kind of goes back to that question again. Hey, John, I think I'm echoing cause you're a speaker. I don't know if it's you or it's gotta be you. It's always <laughs> John. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he talks about, uh, like with our kids in particular being bigger and badder than them and just not, uh, seeking first to understand cause we want something else more kind of like I was saying a second ago, like, you like when your kids are fighting or like when there is something going on, if you're in a leadership role, it's like, ah, I know the quick fix for this to make everything stop. And then just, uh, just wash all this away. And then, you know, everybody loses because that, like we talked about in, um, either last episode or the episode before the emotional bank accounts, that's a massive withdrawal when you use your power in that way to uh just wipe everything out and just say forget about it guys we're just gonna nobody cares you know except you <laughs> that's right that's really bad you know like it cuts deep but i mean that's like kind of one of those autobiographical responses that we were talking about it's a a wired in habit that i mean i'm at times I'm giving that to my kids. You know what I mean? I'm wiring that into them because I do that a lot. Like I fail in that area tremendously. And it's like, that's just, maybe my parents did, maybe they didn't, but it's like handed down. And if we're not aware of that and proactively seeking to destroy those terrible things, then it just leaves us. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, as you're you're talking about that, you know, you, you bring up a good point that I don't know, in my mind I'm thinking if I'm struggling with this this habit of being able to listen and um, seeking to be to to understand and to be understood, maybe I need to step back a few habits. Maybe I haven't conquered those because we've talked about this, how they all build upon one another. Mm. And if I'm struggling with a habit, that means that I probably haven't 
mastered or, or, or done well with the previous habits. So if I'm not seeking to understand and to be understood, I haven't mastered that idea of think win-win. I'm thinking win-lose or lose-win or lose-lose. Mm. I haven't really done that well. Mm. So it just I think it illustrates how they all build and tie together. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, as, as, as I'm uh, listening to the flow of our conversation here and, uh, you know, like this conversation about listening, it seems to uh, to me compared to our other uh, habit conversations has slowed down a little bit. Right. So there's something in me that's almost like going too slow, going too slow. Right. But I'm, as I'm <laughs> reflecting on that, I'm realizing, <laughs> no. This, this is what you have to do to listen and to listen to understand, right? So this reminds me of being around the campfire in the wilderness outreach expeditions. And one thing that I've really come to appreciate, and it's really, and maybe it's because you go outside of the secular culture and you, you remove yourself there, but sitting around the campfire in the quiet. So there'll be night every night we have two hours of discussion about some subject, right? And it's really important that you have those moments of silence around the campfire where people just sit in silence and think and listen. And it's at the same time, it's very uncomfortable for some people that haven't been in that, right? Because there's something almost that's programmed into us from the, say, the secular culture that says there's silence and it's not good and we need to be talking. So if nobody's talking, I'm going to start talking right now, right? And if I'm doing that, then I'm not actually listening. And part of that listening is, again, listening to the silences too, right? And allowing that dialogue to grow naturally within our spirits together. Yeah. And I like how, and I apologize to whoever's listening on a podcast and not watching the video, but I can see John and, and Peter here. And so what I was watching earlier, I could see Peter was talking and I could see John at like, basically had his eyes closed and just really intently listening to what, what he was saying. And I was like, you know, wow, you can tell body language that he's, he's actually trying to understand what he's saying. He's really listening. And to me, that's a, that's a deposit in the emotional bank account for me to see that. And probably for Peter too, you know, it's just, that's, that's where that body language really does come into play, especially like you're saying around the campfire and, you know, and people were respectful and we're listening and we're, we're taking time, you know, and you talk about the silence and my gosh, how much more silence do we need? Like at mass, instead of just going mm. from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, you know, let us pray. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's let us, you know, let, wait, I didn't have a chance to <laughs> I didn't have a chance to quiet myself yeah. down and pray. Do you realize <laughs> that the, Right now, the God of the universe is reenacting the the sacrifice right. Right. and turning his, you know, his body and blood into our sustenance, right? In, in, a, right. in a way that's so far beyond us, right? We ought to be less like, you know, like in complete silence and quiet and being astounded by that that's happening right then. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, is, do you have any particular stories, James, that, uh, you can think of that? About yeah, I was this thinking app. about that because, because we always talk about, you know, like sharing our stories of, you know, these habits and stuff. And I thought, you know, why is it that every time we talk about sharing stories, I can always think of the negative <laughs> part of it and not the positive. And there was something that I thought of with that, that, you know, it, it's like if it's, if it doesn't cause like a speed bump in your life, the way, you know, some of this negative aspects of it, then it doesn't register as much, mm. you know? So it's harder for me to find, cause I'm constantly trying to, you know, examine and, and do better. And so I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm, I can pick out that problem. But I was thinking earlier of a, of a story from, it's not me as a coworker about people like not listening, like not mm. even trying to understand and so this coworker, Molly, she um, lives in Columbus and she had her car parked out on the street. And when she came back out in the morning after overnight and uh, her Civic was up on blocks and all four tires were gone. I mean, all four tires, wheels, lug Dang. nuts were still there. Everything's nice. gone. So she's calling the insurance company and saying, I need I need four you know, new tires. And they're like, okay, which ones are flat? And she's like, no, you don't understand. <clears throat> I need the tires, the rims, everything. And they're like, okay, but which ones are flat? And she's like, I don't know because they're not here. <laughs> there, there are no tires. There are no, you know, and it's, to me, it just makes me laugh. Like, you know, how many conversations have I been in with people like that? It's like, you're not really understanding what I'm saying. And I used to really get upset about that. But then I listened to Jocko and he mm. talks about the, you know, the extreme ownership mm. and he's always saying, you know, like if he gives a command to, to somebody, a private or whatever, I don't know the lingo very well, but he gives a command and he doesn't follow it the way that Jocko wanted him to. Jocko says, that's my fault. That's not his fault. I didn't do a good job of, of explaining, you know, what needed to be done. That's, that's the kind of ownership I think that mm -hmm. I try to, I'm starting to try to do mm. with my kids. You know, if I say, you know, clean up the, the room, I have an idea of what it should be, you know, that whole clean and green thing. But, and if they do it wrong, it's because I wasn't good at explaining that mm -hmm. type of thing, you know? Yeah. That's really that that's, you know, that's dipping way back down into that habit. Number one kind of placing, Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting kind of placing this habit of seeking first to understand back down in that foundation of proactivity that I am responsible for my communication with you and understanding what you're thinking, how you got to the point you're thinking, what you're thinking, what you're feeling and what, what problem you have or whatever it's up. It's on me to communicate to you and to listen so that I can understand that. And if I don't do that, well, that's, so that problem lies here. So I'm not communicating in a way that's opening up and allowing for an open communication. So that's yeah, that's that extreme ownership type of leadership we would expect out of Jocko, isn't it? That's right. Uh, yeah. It's and interesting. So it made me think, think of that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It made me think of that when she's talking about talking to this insurance person and like, they're not getting it. And I'm like, you know, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, she has in her mind what she's, what she knows to be true <laughs> that all four wheels are gone. <laughs> so how do you convey that, you yeah. know, in such a way? And I think the more that we take that extreme ownership or that approach that, you know, it's my fault, let me try again to, to share with you. If we're both doing that, I think it just helps communication that much more. Yes. Yeah, uh, how are these tying to our faith, Jim? How did you uh, tie do with all the work you did with, uh, forgive my ignorance, forgetfulness? You've told us like 10 times what the program was called, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, with the, uh, well, I did it with St. Michael, uh, the leader in me. Um, yep. the program, leader in me. Also, yeah, I've also taught seven habits to homeschool co-op. Um, but yeah, definitely there's a, so much in tying this into, into our faith for sure. Um, I was trying to think today's gospel, even, you know, trying to under seek first to understand, then to be understood. You have Nathaniel who's sitting under a fig tree and, and, uh, if you read earlier before that, you know, here's, here's Nathaniel who says to, um, I think it's Andrew, maybe he says, can anything good, he's talking, Andrew's talking to Nathaniel about Jesus and, and Nathaniel says, can anything good come from Nazareth? You know, <laughs> it's like, can anything good come from Hawking County or, or whatever, <laughs> you know, some kind of derogatory remark like that. So then you have Lancaster. Jesus, right. Lancaster, <laughs> yeah, especially, <laughs> Especially up there by the hospital. Um, <laughs> so then you have Jesus who kind of approaches him and he's Nathaniel's taken aback. Like, well, how did, how did you, how did you know me? How did you know what I said? You know, like, well, I saw, you know, he, he has this kind of insight and it's kind of funny if you really read into it. Um, but just trying, you know, Jesus understood and was trying to make himself understood and, and, Nathaniel finally gets it, starts listening, you know, mm. and I think of, you know, the God, the father, this is my beloved son. Whom I'm well mm. pleased. Listen to him. Is that that's who... what we're always trying to do, right? Trying to, this is yeah. a big one for us, trying to seeking to understand mm. the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's our life. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, just, uh, started listening tonight to this podcast by Jordan Peterson and Peter Kreeft, you know, for those who a lot of people know Jordan Peterson, Peter Kreeft is like, he's a, a giant in our faith, isn't he? Like, yeah, I think yeah. I heard him really? say that, uh, so he's a convert to Catholicism. He's 85 years old now. He's been at Boston college for years, but, um, he's, um, an amazing man. I think he's written 200 books, but just kind of thinking about Jordan Peterson and he's so good at this is one of his rules is assume that the person that you're speaking to knows something that you don't. Yeah. In fact, yeah. What a great rule to live by. Like, well, that's the truth, man. It's like, that's the right. truth. Whoever, I mean, even if you know someone really well, it's like they know something that you don't know that would actually be really good for you to know, to understand, right? They understand something that you don't understand. So that whole concept of 
learning how to open up, be vulnerable, listen, and be affected by the other human being is, is just really, really a key, a, a key part of our journey as men, you know, to become, to become men in, uh, who are self gift again. Right. That's just, that's just so key. Yeah. yeah how I much think better of a listener would I be if, if I lived like that, if I approached every person, like this person may have something really awesome to teach me, you know, how much better would I listen to, to people instead of, I probably have something to teach this person. Yeah. yeah that so goes. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. No, please, Peter. I was just going to say that goes back into the vulnerability thing of us always wanting to advise instead of uh, seeking first to understand because right. we, uh, <laughs> because when we, when we seek to serve, it's a, it's definitely got to come from a place of like your love and your listening. I keep saying the same thing. That's what I think about this habit in case you guys forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the seeking to serve again, right? So that idea of being self-gift, if I'm going to be a self-gift to someone, then I have to figure out how to do something for them that helps them on their journey to their self, their, their fulfillment to do the things that God made them to, to, to do, right? So I have to figure out, well, how can I be a help or instrument or a servant to them to help them on that journey? And if I'm not listening to what they're saying, I'm not going to be able to even figure that out. It's 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 kind of, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? It's like I, I really just I I need to to learn how to listen properly. You know, James in um, the book of James, he says, "Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen." slow to speak and slow to get angry. Mm. And then in, in one of the sayings in Proverbs, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is to his folly and shame. So that's that autobiographical statement right because i haven't even figured out it's kind of like the doctor problem right like a doctor coming in and just again quickly trying to diagnose a problem and giving you some medicine but not actually understanding what it is you need and what the problem is it's like that wouldn't be a good doctor we wouldn't expect that out of a doctor right why would yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's a quote from Sirach that I like real well. It's kind of along these lines. It says, before investigating, find no fault. Examine first, then criticize. Before hearing, answer not and interrupt no one in the middle of his speech. So really that's about, you know, seeking first to understand. Yeah. Yeah, for this this habit too, I tied it together with uh, the sacrament of matrimony. I mean, mm. to me, that's that's a huge, an easy, maybe it's an easy shot there, but you know, that's that's what, and that goes along with what you're saying, John. You know, being able to listen to somebody because your goal in helping anybody and everybody, but especially your spouse, is 
getting them to heaven, trying to understand them and be understood by them. It's a lifelong process for sure. Yeah, no yeah I, was, I was thinking about the cardinal virtues a little bit regarding this as well. So the, the cardinal virtues, I believe, are prudence, justice, courage, and temperance. Um, that last one, I really don't like temperance. That's, that's like the hardest of all, I think, right? Just as an aside yeah. note. Okay. Duly I want noted. to be an extremist, right? I either want to be done. <laughs> I want to be completely fasting or I want to be gorging myself. Right. Sometimes. But, but oh, the, 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 there's, there's, so in those four cardinal virtues, prudence is the virtue of figuring out what's going on well. You know, what's, what's the lay of the land right now? Who's involved? What's going on? How did this all unfold into this point, right? And then following that is justice. So uh, there's the, there would be some action in the cardinal virtues that prudence leads them to the understanding what justice would be. So again that need to uh, understand the other, right? To deeply understand the other is so important. It's, it's, we're really blessed too, brothers. I don't know if you notice this, but we have a friend who's sitting out in the state of Washington right now up on the Olympic Peninsula who's tuned in. Our good friend, hey. Shane Weitzer, Prudence, hey, justice, Shane. temperance, and fortitude, right? And Jim, Jim touched on the fortitude issue earlier, right? So it takes mm -hmm. courage in this communication to both listen and to be vulnerable to the other and then to speak when it's time what's on our hearts too, right? At the same time being vulnerable. So there's so much of that in this particular habit with the, uh, that it's locked into the, the four, the four, uh, cardinal virtues. Yeah, this is one of my favorite habits, uh, other than habit seven, but just, just because there's so much to be gained from learning how to listen. Well, you know what I mean? Like it offers it, it kind of like opens the door up for us to be able to serve in anyone. And like it gives, like Jim is obviously blessed. He's the golden child. He's got this virtue down because he's, he's just naturally good at listening. <laughs> what? what in the, we need to, we need to do some naturally. boxing or something. Some, yeah. Some boxing. I think that's oh my. Dude, I never said I was naturally good at listening, but <laughs> being naturally good you know what i'm I mean? sorry i didn't but, hear what you said so yeah anyway <laughs> he ran he ran his autobiography on you real quick like that. right right yeah, yeah right sorry about that no but uh being good at this habit really opens up the doors mm. for us to be able to be used by the lord i think in a lot of ways yeah 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 to, to i mean it's 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 kind of um Going back to what Mike Pavey said earlier, that one word, being curious, right? Yeah. 
it's kind of a beautiful thought, actually. It's like, because you can imagine there's a lot of problems in this world that don't get solved well. And, yeah, and probably true. because people like us aren't listening well and sitting back and watching and, you know, prudently listening and asking for the Lord's help and understanding and listening. And, uh, yeah. And there, there, so when I think about it like that, it's like, there's almost a sense of excitement about trying to learn how to do it better. Right. It's mm -hmm. like an adventure into understanding the Lord's work a lot better than I, that I'm doing right now. Yeah. I have to ask to want, I have to ask God to want to be better at this, you know, because it's exciting to, you know what I mean? Make improvements in this space and be better at listening and see that, like you were saying earlier, but a lot of the time it's easier to just want to not be better at it to just be like, okay, I can figure out how to, you know, slide by without doing this and uh, focus on other things that are also virtuous, but it's easy to put this one at the back burner. And I think it's very important to be at the forefront of everything. Mm -hmm. Once you, you know what I mean? In interdependence for sure. Covey did a great job also of like the organization of these habits, like the first three or for, you know, the personal private victory and the second three are for the public victory. And uh, just the way that they're listed out, like, like you got to think when, when, and then it's easier to seek first to understand. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not thinking when, when already, then you're probably not going to seek first to understand at all. Right. <clears throat> yep. Good point. Yeah. One, uh, so it's true, you said earlier, sometimes it's so easy to think about the bad stories that, well, if somebody had listened correctly there, this could have turned out better, right? <laughs> or if I can listen better, he would have listened. So you can kind of see there's lots of examples of where we see that, you know, and maybe it's because just in general, people aren't doing it very well. So it's easy to see it in hindsight, but uh, there was a, Mo there was a time that I got to practice this. I think it was fairly well, but there was some, let's say, forces, opportunistic forces in the background in my mind that could have turned this differently. But a few years ago, there was a, a man who had heard about wilderness outreach. He lived in Minneapolis, St. Paul. He's a man of some means, and uh, he had heard that we were a 501c3, and uh, so he called me and he was like w willing to like dump like $20,000 into wilderness outreach, but he wanted to be able to uh, then s somehow use that money through wilderness outreach to, to, to create pro-life videos. Right. And, and he was basically going to make it worth our while to do that as a 501 C three. And as I asked him about, well, what is it, how is it you want to do this? And I just started asking him some questions, right? Trying to understand what he was thinking about, what it was motivating him and, and where his heart was and really good man, really good man. And it just, as I listened to him and kind of 
thought about it and prayed about it while, while he was talking, I realized, you know, the perfect vehicle for this is like the, the, uh, for him to have his own owner advised fund, donor advised fund, right, James? So right, Je- right. James works at the Catholic foundation and there's a, there's a vehicle called the donor advised fund. And I thought, well, that's what Wilderness Outreach has, a donor advice fund at the Catholic. So I just said, you know what, Tony, I think there's probably some organization in Minneapolis, St. Paul that can do that same thing. And I'm really thinking that's what you really need to do. That would really be good for you. It'd be good for everything, right? It would allow you the flexibility to, to do things and, and, uh, and really keep it efficient that way as well. And then he, he did that. So in fact, I, I'm sort of having a memory that I helped hunt that down the organization and got him in touch with it. And here about a week later, this man from the Catholic foundation in Minneapolis, St. Paul calls me and thanks me. And he says, that was really great. Tony's a great guy. Thank you so much for you know directing him this way, but it's just, it's a small thing, but it's kind of like, it would have been easy had I been, let's say, prideful and greedy to say, yeah, yeah, we'll take your money and we'll, we'll help you do that somehow, right? And we'll skim some off the top or whatever, but it's like that wasn't right. It was really about helping him get to the point that he wanted, that he really wanted to be and needed to be so he could do the work that he needs to do. So, uh, so there's a little bit of that, I guess, a positive story there about trying to understand what what he was wanting to do and how that how that would be best achieved for him so it seemed like it worked out well yeah it sounds like i hear a lot of the habits in there not just um not just this one but a lot of them you know just him being proactive you being proactive trying to to find uh you know in mind and putting first things first and that's what was most important was what he was wanting to do with it, you helping him do that. So it just seems like there's a lot of, I'm hearing a lot of habits in that story, which is kind of neat. All right. So I'm, are we, are we coming to the end of our man cast evening? I think, I think so. we're, we're there. Yeah. I think we've worked on that. So a couple things that are going on out there. I want to mention, uh, we have the, uh, the, the seminarian four miler up at the Josephinum or maybe the Josephinum uh, Pontifical College in Columbus is having the four mile fundraiser event and you can go there and run it or walk it. And that's on Saturday, October the 8th, I believe. So it's like uh, for 45 bucks, you can go there, you get a bottle of wine, a loaf of bread and uh, some other stuff there. And you go there, hang out and really support uh, both our local seminarians and then the only pontifical college in the United States of America in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, also coming up later this year will be the Advent hike. So keep an eye on the Wilderness Outreach site for the Advent hike. We'll get out there and hammer down 10 or 12 miles together over four hours and do some prayer and have a good time there in December sometime in the, uh, middle of December. And also I would be remiss if I didn't uh, 
uh, announce, as Jim sent me a link today, uh, James Hahn and his brother, Father William Hahn, have created a an account at the Columbus Foundation. James, would you like to talk a little bit about that? Sure. It's the, uh, we'll say the Catholic Foundations. We don't want to get people confused, but it's the, uh, the Columbus Seminarian Discernment Fund. And what it is, is it's a donor advised fund uh, for the uh, use uh, by the director of vocations, whoever that happens to be right now, it is Father Hahn. Um, but it's set up to, to hold funds to help the vocations director help these men discern, uh, discern the priesthood. And um, so, and they're coming up with a lot of great ideas and new tools. Um, I think that you can correct me if I'm wrong, John, I think you know more about this than I do, but like their first year is really just a, a discernment year to see mm-hmm. if this is really what they're called to. So it's more about praying and studying. There's like online programs that help them discern. So this will help fund all of that. Is that kind of how it's going to be set up, John, the first year? Yeah, I think the, the, the key, the goal here and uh, is to help form men better, right? So as we all need better formation, and I think this is a great to see what's happening in the Columbus Diocese right now with Father Hahn in charge of the vocations department, but just a lot of good movement towards helping young men to understand uh, you know, what it is to be a, a man and a priest, right? Why that's so important. And, you know, the, and uh, so that, so that's, I think it's called the perpetuic dudic year, the perpetuic okay. year, a propedutic year. And uh, that's uh, going to be the, like a first year of like discernment together before they go into uh, seminary. And then there's also now uh, within this process, a pastoral year, which is a year that the young men will take off be, before they become the year that they become the uh, transitional deacon. So there's there's uh, that formational process is really being refined and made stronger. Uh, so so you know we're and it's really great because we're getting a, a a good response in the Columbus Diocese now. We we now have probably more seminarians on board than we've had in a long time right now and really strong men really good young men and some really good uh uh programs and seminars going on right now so yeah jump in there and uh donate one dollar five dollars a hundred dollars or whatever you feel that uh, you can afford for the future of our church and our faith and our priests. Yes, I, I put a link on the Facebook. I'm sure we can put links elsewhere, or, or people can just email me at jim at wildernessoutreach.net, and I can get you more information. So there you go. Okay, next week we'll be diving into habit number six synergize so once we've learned how to listen to one another and to uh, think win-win now we're going to start building teams together right and working in concert with one another so we'll learn a little bit about synergy and and synergize great pete would you like to lead us out in the prayer i'd love to father son holy spirit amen Thank you, Lord, for this time we got to share together. 
please bless all the people that get to listen to this and uh, take part in getting closer to you through self-development, figuring out how to be better. Uh, please bless all of our families and our children and distant relatives and close. And uh, Archangels, pray for us. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, folks. Is that you on banjo, John? <laughs> I've always wanted to play the volume. Good night. <laughs> Good night, man. The man- <laughs>